You're listening to Sweetwater Now's Beyond the Game podcast. The podcast that seeks to understand more than just the game itself. And now, your host, Brayden Flack. What's up, Beyond the Game listeners? Welcome to today's show. Today's episode is brought to you by Farm Bureau Financial Services agent David Stoffer. These days, ensuring financial security for you and those you care about most is more important than ever. And Farm Bureau Financial Services can help. Life insurance can help provide that security along with guarantees and peace of mind. Contact Farm Bureau agent David Stoffer in Rock Springs to see how he makes it simple to help protect your family's financial future. Give him a call at 307-382-2332. Again, 307-382-2332. David Stoffer with Farm Bureau Financial Services. Thanks again to David for making this episode possible. We know David and his staff will take care of you. Today we welcome on the podcast former Western Wyoming Community College head coach, uh, soccer head coach, I should clarify, Jeff Atkinson. Um, we had a really interesting conversation on some of the principles he implemented in building the men's soccer program uh, from its very, very humble beginnings uh, as a club team originally. So uh, I thought this was pretty interesting. Uh, you don't have to like sports to understand uh, what we talk about today. It can be applied to whether you're trying to build a relationship, whether you're trying to build a business, whatever you're trying to build, um, some of the principles that we talk about today uh, I thought were very interesting and, and something that you can take and apply into your own life. So with that said, we'll get right into today's podcast episode with Jeff Atkinson. Welcoming in Jeff Atkinson today uh, on the on the podcast episode number nine. Uh, so we're we're almost into the double digits here on uh, on Beyond the Game. So exciting stuff, uh, Jeff. Welcome to the show. Thanks, thanks for having me. No problem, no problem at all. Uh, you know, we were just talking before we we started recording this, and um, you know, you said you're not much of a podcast guy yet, but you have listened to to our podcast a, yeah, a few times. Yeah, I've picked you up a few times and some of the high school football stuff. Yeah, uh, okay. in the fall. So, there you go. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah. Well, we're excited to have you on and um I think I think our conversation today will uh hopefully be beneficial and, and useful. Uh if not, um so be it, I guess, right? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, obviously we I we we worked on a a story together uh recently. About your career and I thought it would be kind of interesting to welcome you back in um, and maybe do like a follow-up story a little bit deeper into uh, how you built the men's program the, the soccer program so maybe before we get into that um, you know let's just get a little bit of an introduction of who you are um, maybe you know how you got into coaching soccer and, and so on and so forth okay um, I've always been a sports guy uh, all growing up and my, my family my dad was into wrestling and I wrestled for, you know, from the time I was four or five all the way through high school. Okay. And I, I enjoyed the sport a lot. Not so much the dieting and the yeah. <laughs> the making weight, but, uh, you know, the sport itself I did enjoy. But, you know, I really gravitated towards soccer from probably seven, eight years old. Okay. Um, you know, and I always watched football and things like that, but soccer was my sport. And I got in involved, you know, in high school with Little League stuff. Um, you know, I had aunts that needed help. 
Um, you know, my mom was coaching teams and just just uh, helping out. And then I think when I was 16 or 17, I actually took over a little league team. Um, and believe it or not, I had cousins and, and things like that on it. And it was just a blast. And I knew um, about that time, junior year of high school, I wanted to be a teacher. And being a teacher and being a coach, you know, kind of coincide pretty well. So sure. I kind of knew, you know, that's where I wanted to go. Um, my first, you know, paid coaching gig uh, was actually at the junior or at the junior varsity level for the high school for Rock Springs High, um, and that was in the the spring of two thousand and two thousand and two. Oh, so just yesterday. Yeah, just yesterday. <laughs> um, and so I I I, w- I was able to do that for three years and kind of get my my feet wet, so to speak. Um, even though I, I played, even I played a little bit in college with a club team at University of Wyoming, but none, nothing was official. Nothing had a, had a coach. Um, I never really had anybody that knew more than than I did, um, soccer wise. And so it was it was more just for enjoyment and playing. But uh, being able to have have a coach, and Mike Wilkinson was the coach of, of Rock Springs High School back then, um, to have him kind of to take me under his wing and to teach me a few things, and then kind of let me do some trial and error, and that's that's where I, I got that, and I was able to take over the the high school program um, in 2005 is when I was able to uh, take that over, and I, I coached uh, I was head coach there for six years. So okay, and then um, you know obviously you went on to. Uh get the opportunity at Western Wyoming Community College here in town as well, um, where you had, I believe, 15-year career, correct? 15 years with the men's program, yeah. Yeah, so also just a, a short amount of time. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> a day or two. <laughs> um, so, you know, you've, you've moved on from Western now and, and maybe wait, awaiting another coaching opportunity, whether that be in soccer or another sport. Um, but I thought it would be kind of interesting to maybe just chat about, uh, you know, how you did start that program uh, at Western with uh, the men's team just being, you know, from the ground up, yeah. essentially a club team, you know, maybe let's, let's talk a little bit more about um, that. Yeah. Very, very interesting stories um, as, as we started out there and, and, you know, talk about grassroots and believe it or not, I actually followed Mike Wilkinson again. Okay. Um, he was, he was running the, uh, the club program there at Western Wyoming. And, and uh, I think with his job and, and his, his uh, fiance or, or, or uh, girlfriend at the time, he, he moved out of town and so they called me up, Western did, in, in August. And I knew college soccer was in the fall. And, yeah, they called me up, and I had some interviews, and they told me, hey, we think you're the guy to, to get us going. And, yeah, they started me off, and they said, Mike did a great job recruiting, and he got some great kids, and they gave me a list of seven players. <laughs> um, they said, here's your list of seven players, and they were, they were mainly, you know, kids from Rock Springs and Green River and Evanston. And so I knew them all from, from the high school, and they were a great group of kids both on and off the field. But they were so impressed that there were seven on this list, but they didn't. I guess they didn't realize that you know you need eleven to play. Right. <laughs> and then you know in the course of games and for club time, club games, a lot of times we'd play two games on Saturday and one on Friday. So you need subs too. Right. Um, so a, a good team of twenty would be good. So from the ground running, I mean we we uh, we got these kids in and, and got all seven of those kids on board, um, and then we put flyers up all over uh, the campus. Told them to. Find anybody that they could um, that knew that the soccer ball was round, and let's let's <laughs> let's have tryouts and see see where they go. And some of the interesting stories in that that tryout group, we had a, a young man from Wamsutter. Uh, his first name's Victor. He's still in town here. I think he works at a, a car dealership. But Victor, um, he had never played organized soccer before. And our very first game that season, we played Snow College, and it was uh, Crossroads Field here in here in town. And Vic, he scored a hat trick. He scored three goals. 
And he was kind of emotional when I took him out because he said, those are my, that's my first three goals. And I thought, you know, in college, he goes, no. And I said, well, you're a great player. You've got great speed. You scored in the Little League. And he says, I've never played an organized soccer game before <laughs> in my life. He'd, he'd grown up in Wamsutter and he just had kicked the ball around with his with his uncles and his dad. He had never played in a soccer game before uh, college. And so that was one of the, the stories that we got out of, out of there was, you know, we pick up this kid from Wamsutter that, uh, you know, had, had tremendous skill, but just never an opportunity. Um, another interesting story on that first group, we had a young man, his name was John, and he was from Gambia in, in West Africa. And John, <clears throat> excuse me, John uh, sent me a voicemail that night. Um, I thought he was on campus and had seen the flyers that said that there was a tryout the next day. He was in the United States he was at another college, and he had a scholarship, and they found out that he had played for his national team. And through his national team, he would got paid, and so he was not allowed to play NCAA soccer any, oh, wow. any longer. Okay. So he Googled you know, cheap college and college club soccer because they told him he could play club soccer, uh-huh. and Western Wyoming popped up first. And he called my office and left a voicemail. I thought he was on campus. He flew from New York State that day to, to Salt Lake and got a, a Greyhound up to Rock Springs oh my um, to, to try out. And obviously he had, he was quite skillful. He played in a, a under 20 world cup. Um, he was, you know, probably the best player on our team skills wise, wow. but yeah, I thought he was on campus. So I just told him, yeah, we're, we're, we're on the field on campus. Just show up tomorrow. You'll be good. And uh, yeah, he, he did it. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, we, we had lots of stories like that where, where kids just kind of showed up and, and some of them had experience, and some didn't. And I mean, it was a it was a fun mix of kids. That's 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 crazy. Like uh, that's just uh, it's almost hard to believe. Yeah, that that's true. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, uh, I, I think that's just interesting because you know, um, for me, that at least teaches me, you know, uh, whether I'm trying to build a relationship or trying to build a business or just trying to build anything from the start from the ground up. You know, I think that. Uh, oftentimes we overlook people, right? Oh, or we make assumptions of people. You know, maybe you had assumptions that uh, Vic was, you know, a little league soccer star, right? Mm-hmm. But it turns out that wasn't the case. Um, and so I think that's that's very true. Like, you know, we, we do have a lot of people around us every day that uh, maybe we shouldn't make assumptions on um, because they, they uh, maybe can do something that we don't think they can or uh, maybe they can't do something that mm-hmm. we think they can. Um, so I think, you know, just like you did, Eventually, you came to that realization, um, and then I'm sure you were able to adjust and and uh, and coach them even better. Yeah, and and you know that that group we you know we, we were playing a club schedule, so we we're mainly playing club teams. Um, I think we had 13 games on the schedule, and we we won nine of them. And the two losses that we had were against uh, an LCCC team that was nationally ranked, that was an actual varsity program, and and then we had a couple ties for some teams that we played in tournaments things like that. But I mean, we, we had a wonderful season, but it, it was amazing that, yeah, you don't overlook people. You, you never know, you know, what they can turn into. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if, if, you know, starting a program, starting a business, uh, you know, don't, don't narrow your, your search down on the people that you're looking at or, or that you think that can help you out because, you know, people surprise you. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite quotes of all time is from, from basketball coach, Jimmy V. Um, and he, you know, basically to sum it up, cause I can't say it verbatim, but you know, Basically, everyday people do extraordinary things mm-hmm. every day. It's true. Yeah, regular people do extraordinary things every day. Um, and it's just kind of a mantra that, that uh, you know, I, I live by. And I think 
building building the program. That's something we had to do. Mm-hmm. Um, we weren't gonna. Get, we didn't have any type of money to recruit or anything like that. We couldn't go out and get these, you know, four and five star athletes. We had to find the kids that were interested. And um, you know, luckily we found some good kids and some some good athletes, and it, it worked out for us as as we were growing. But yeah, you can't. I mean, you got you got to do your 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 work. You can't look overlook anybody or anything. Right. Yeah, no, that's true. I think uh, as well um, with that, uh, I'm sure it gave you guys quite a bit of confidence um, going into the next season, just to see uh, the potential, or at least maybe it gave at least you as a coach confidence. I'm sure it did. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I was. I was a college coach and I wasn't even 30 yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I had, I maybe was a little overconfident in a lot of things, um, <laughs> you know, as, as I'm a little older and, and hopefully wiser now, but uh, I, I think it gave me confidence that the wins that we were getting on, on the collegiate level, that, that first year that we went varsity, we were, we were the announcement to, to be varsity was so late in the season. It was in April um, of 2006 mm-hmm. is when they, they made it official that we're going to go varsity and most of your good recruits are recruited um, and out, out of, you know, signed away to other schools. And, and so I also didn't know what, how to recruit. Um, I had never recruited, um, be, besides just putting up flyers like you do at high school. Uh, and so it was, it was eye opening. And I think sometimes maybe I, I didn't, didn't pick up always the, the, the right guys, but I, I think maybe sometimes I kind of got stuck on, I don't like this particular guy for this particular reason, instead of seeing the bigger picture. Uh-huh. And I, I probably passed on some guys that I, I probably, sh- in, in retrospect, probably shouldn't have, or maybe was a little too picky on and things like that. But yeah, um, you know, you got to look at the big picture when, especially when you're looking at, you know, you know, 17 and 18 year old kids, right. there, there's always something that's, that stands out good or stands out bad about something. But, you know, you look at the big picture and, and, and I think you can get the, a, a better detail of, of what this person can bring to your program. Mm-hmm. So let's let's go into that a little more. You know, uh, recruiting obviously that's a big part of building a team. Um, were there any other challenges with recruiting that, that you found besides you know obviously kind of missing the the prime uh, prime time season to recruit? Yeah, well, in that that first season, you know, for varsity in two thousand and six, we. We, we couldn't get teams to come to play us as we were trying to play a varsity schedule and trying to, you know, get the club teams off of our schedule and get, get to the, the uh, NJC AA varsity level. Um, and so we were on the road a lot. I took a tool on the, on the kids as they, they tried to, you know, stay up to date in their classes and things like that. But um, one of the things that I found when I was recruiting, you know, for, for Western through the years on the, the men's program is I found these little pockets these little pockets of, of players, and sometimes they were from the same area, from from the same school that the other schools just didn't look at. Mm-hmm. And I mean, sometimes you could find a gold mine in, in some of those pockets. And and it, you know, at times it was you know the Bountiful area. We had a whole bunch of kids from Bountiful, Utah area um, that we just found a whole whole bunch of whole bunch of a success with some of those kids. Um, it, it's changed to the Logan area through the years, um, even even in even to Morgan, Utah. Or some of these some of these schools are, are sometimes overlooked, but the the, uh, the the quality of kid and athlete that they have is, is just kind of amazing. But you, you know you have to do your due diligence. You have to you know, put your name out there, mm-hmm. um, and that's one thing that I learned is the communication skills not necessarily just with the the student and their parents, but also with their coaches. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, lots and lots of emails I sent out, uh, lots of phone calls, lots of text messages to coaches and things like that to just to let them know that we're here. Um, even if you had emailed them the year before, they sometimes forgot that there was there was a college program within two or three three hours of their home. And one of the things is I recruited a lot from from the state of Utah. They just have so many players, 
Um, one of the myths that I had to break was how far away Wyoming was. <laughs> they they would they would always tell me like, well, that's that's got to be eight or nine hours. <laughs> that's that's a whole day trip. And I'm like, you know, I came down to watch you play, and I'll be back tonight sleeping in my bed. Like, <laughs> right. yeah, it's a day trip if you go all the way down there and all the way back, but uh, it's it's really not that far. And obviously, in the winter time, you, you just check the weather and make sure the roads are good. But um, that was kind of a myth that, that I had to break up. But you know, through the years, we even found pockets of kids to find in, in Elko, Nevada. We, we got some out of Las Vegas. Um, even into eastern Idaho, we, we found some pockets of kids that, that just were overlooked. And one of the things I found with when we found these pockets of, of schools and kids that were overlooked, not only did they have some of the talents and, and the skills necessary, they were hungry. Mm-hmm. I mean, they wanted to prove themselves um, you know, because because you know, one coach said that they you know were from a small town and they wouldn't make it or something like that, or or completely ignored them. Um, I I think that desire, that that hungriness, that that ability to I'm going to show somebody. Um, I think that was that that's uh, I think that's something that's that's overlooked and, and I think was a benefit to our program. Mm-hmm. Well, it sounds like those kids uh, you know still had some sense of an identity. You know, they knew that they were good. Um, they they didn't let. You know, maybe that hometown guy tell them that they were from a small town and that they weren't good enough. But, you know, here you come along as an opportunity and, uh, you know, that, that made a good match. Um, so I think I think that's really cool. Everyone, quick time out here to give our show sponsor another shout out. David Stoffer with Farm Bureau Financial Services. Uh, I love having sponsors that I know and believe in. And David Stoffer is definitely one of them. Recently, I bought a house actually, and when it came to shopping for the home insurance, it was a no-brainer. David was quick, reliable, and gave me an incredibly low rate on my house. Actually, two days before I closed, we sat down and he explained every aspect of my insurance plan, and he even answered a few questions that I had. You know, on top of it, the cherry on top for me was when he coupled my car and home insurance together, and it saved me even more money. So when it comes to ensuring your family's financial future, David Stoffer, my good friend with Farm Bureau Financial Services is the best option, and I might add, the only option. You can reach David at 307-382-2332. Again, 307-382-2332. Thank you, David, for providing great insurance. Highly recommended. You don't want to miss out. With that, let's get back to the podcast. I guess um, maybe moving off of a little bit of the recruitment side of things, you know, just in general, uh, were there any other challenges kind of those, those first couple of years um, trying to write a narrative for, for your team and, and create that identity for Western Wyoming? Yeah, I, I think <clears throat> as, as you build anything, um, I think you need to be true to yourself. Um, and, and I've learned that as, as a teacher, like if, if I'm disgenuine in my classroom, I'm, these 14, 15, 16-year-old students, they catch on really quick. Mm-hmm. And they know what I'm saying is, is just baloney, and they're not going to listen to it. Um, and so we had to we had establish who we were. And, you know, just budget reasons, um, location re- reasons, and the, the fact that I, I, pro- I knew I probably would never be a full-time coach up there. Um, you know, our identity could never really be something of, well, we're going to outscore everybody. Um, you know, we're going to put five or six goals on everybody every every game, and maybe we'll beat you six to four or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we we early early on, I think we recognized who we were and how we were going to win. And you know, we we didn't always get these the, the big recruits, um, 
but we got the kids that we needed um, to build the team and to build the program. And I think having that identity and, and having a culture that said, this is who we are and this is the way we do it. Even even if it comes down to, you know, this is the way that you lift weights. This is the way that, uh, you know, you go and talk to your teachers when you're going to go leave for, for a trip. And and this is, you know, even down to this is the way we dress when we get on a bus. <laughs> um, just, just the culture to say, this is the way we do it. And there's a plan and there's a reason why. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a big deal for 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 student athletes and, and on the men's side in particular, I think these kids don't have a lack of confidence when they're 17 and 18 years old. Right, yeah. um, you know, I mean, they, they have, they have a whole bunch of confidence and, and sometimes at, as the leader of this, this group of, you know, 18 and 19 year old young men, I think you have to also have the confidence to say, I have a plan in place and this is the way we do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I think that, 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 that's good. I think sense in general for anything that you're trying to build is is the at least seem like you're a step or two ahead right. of, of what's going on. I don't know if you necessarily always have to be because sometimes you know curveballs come in. But if you if you seem like you know what you're doing, like like oh this is just part of the plan and this is what we do when this happens, I think it makes a world of difference. Yeah, and I think it comes back as well to to knowing your why. Um, you know, if you don't know your why, I think I remember uh, when we worked on that article uh, a few weeks back. I, I think I remember you saying that that first year you guys were a varsity team you traveled like 3,000 miles or so on the road it was something like that I don't remember the exact figure but I remember when I put it into a computer it was from basically went from Rock Springs to Seoul Korea on a bus is what we did (laughs) and so yeah we had to have an identity because we didn't have a home field yeah we 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 had to know who we were because we didn't have a place to to, to really retreat to Mm -hmm. yeah exactly and it goes back to knowing your why you know if, if you don't know your why I think it's very hard to set goals and, and, and reach those goals. You know, um, you guys didn't eventually make it to the national, uh, tournament by just, you know, getting on a bus and going, but, but you knew your why. Yeah. So I think that's, uh, that's very true. Um, now you as yourself, uh, as a coach, what, what do you think some of the lessons you've pulled out of those, those first couple of years? Um, and, and what, what are those and how did they, uh, maybe influence you, later on in your career? I, I think, and, and maybe this is not good coach talk because, um, you know, your coaches are supposed to win, but we, we, we took a lot of losses, especially in that, in that 2006 season, our first varsity season, especially compared to our club season where we had so much success. Mm-hmm. But I think sometimes losses, you learn more. Yeah. Yep. Um, you, you absolutely learn more about yourself, about, you know, the program you're running, you know, the, the X's and O's you learn about, uh, you know, that your players, um, cause when you're winning, everyone can get along, All right? <laughs> everyone gets along and everything's fine. Um, but sometimes when that, that, uh, you know, first, first, uh, obstacle gets in the way that first loss, you know, some things come out, but, um, I, it, it taught me the, 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 the hardships, the, the, the road trips, the losses, um, that year just kind of taught me, um, to, to, to have more of a plan. Um, in, you know, just, just a wake up call, um, X's and O's. I, I was still for, for soccer, you know, X's and O's. I was still doing high school stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, some, some of the stuff I, I hadn't learned yet, um, because I hadn't taught enough at the college and it was, it worked at the club level, but it didn't work at the varsity level. And, it, you know, just some situations. I remember, uh, it was in 2007, um, we actually played University of Great Falls. It was their first varsity year. And so they're a four-year school. And we got to play them up in Great Falls, Montana, and down here in Rock Springs. And the game down here in Rock Springs got really physical. And we ended up 
getting two red cards on our team and, and one red card on the other team. And so they were they were 10 players and we were nine players. And we actually unfortunately lost that game with about 10 seconds left to go in second overtime. Um, but I remember at one point we're down to nine players and somebody on the bench, one of the players asked me, you know, coach, what are we doing? Like, what formation are we running and what's our game plan? And I just looked at him and said, I have no idea because <laughs> I I'd never prepared for anything like that. I never thought the possibility would be there. Right. Because, um, you know, through through all my high school coaching and all my playing, I mean, nothing like that had ever been there. But um, and not necessarily that you have to have an, an exact plan for everything that goes, you know, for, for that exact situation when it was 9v10. But, you know, to have a plan. Looking back, that was a terrible answer on my part to that young man. He probably had lost a lot of faith in me and a lot of, uh, you know, maybe confidence in, in what, what we were doing. But to be able to say, hey, I've got this under control. Um, this is a new situation. I mean, I think it's okay to tell people things like that. It's a new situation. But, you know, I think if we do this, we'll be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think, you know, those are some of the, the lessons. Just just don't don't take losses so hard. Yeah. I mean, they're going to come. But the, the losses... Um, you know, you, you learn from them and move on. Um, you know, one of the, the, the things we always told our players was, you know, you, you never celebrate too long. You never hang your head for too long. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you just constantly, you know, learn from what you did and, and move on. Right. Now, how, how important were those early lessons and experiences? Uh, you know, how important were those to your success later on? Oh, invaluable. I, I wouldn't have been the, the coach that I was. I wouldn't have understood the kids that we needed. Um, the scheduling, I wouldn't known wouldn't known any of those things um, without those those type of experiences. Um, yeah, those experiences sometimes you know getting your getting your uh, <clears throat> your butt kicked on the soccer field. I mean, sometimes does pay off. Um, some of those kids that stuck around for the next year, um, you know, that were freshmen in two thousand six, they stuck around for two thousand seven. I mean, not only were they the sophomores and the leaders, but they also knew what it what it takes to win mm-hmm. at, at the varsity level as, as we started to have success at the end of that that first season, and then we you know we we had a, a 500 record in 2007 with a varsity schedule with eight wins and eight losses and a couple of ties. So it was it was kind of amazing turnaround that, that we could do that in, in two years. Right, very cool. Um, well, yeah, I think uh, I think there's definitely a lot of uh, lessons that we can pull out from you know your your early uh, coaching experience and, and how you built that program uh, really from the ground up, like you said. Um, now I want to kind of get into maybe just uh, a few, I like to call, I don't have like a segment name. I need, I need to get creative with this you, part, but you need, yeah, you need names for these. Things. I know, I know, I know. I, it's going to take some time and some thought, you know, but I do want to get into some like rapid fire questions. Okay. Um, so first off, uh, are you a reader? I am not a, a very avid reader, okay. but when I pick up a book, it's hard for me to put it down. Okay. Well, do you have a, what's your favorite book? Um, you know, my wife is an author, so I, I'm so just, you have to say her, I'm going to say her <laughs> books. Um, and, and she's, she's not only is she awesome, but she's great. She knows that her, her genre is not really my cup of tea, um, type of thing, but, uh, I, I think she's awesome. But, um, if I had to pick an author, I'd probably say Dan Brown. Okay. That most people know. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, now what's the best advice you've ever been given? Um, I don't know if it's the best, but it's probably the one that stuck with me the most. Uh, when I was student teaching, uh, I student taught at a, at a middle school in Evanston and one of my former coaches, he was my football coach and my wrestling coach in junior high. He gave me this advice and I thought he's kind of a funny man. And I thought, I thought perhaps he was just being silly, but he said, never drive home the same way from work. 
and it's it stuck with me. And any day that I have a bad day at work, I just decide I'm going to drive home a different way. And before I know it, you know, I'm looking at new things or I'm lost, uh, you know, in downtown Rock Springs and and I don't know exactly where I'm at. And next thing I know, I have to, you know, think of other things to you know get back on the right track or I'm, you know, like I said, I'm looking at good scenery. And next thing I know, by the time I get home, most of my worries have gone away. Wow. That's uh, that's profound. I've never heard of that. So yeah. I think that's that's really uh, valuable. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use that one now. <laughs> um, so now put put you on the, on the spot here. Uh, if you were to give someone the best advice that you could, would it be that or would it be something different? You know, it depends on the situation. Um, you know, I, I, I think back to this, this the last group of, of men and women that I coached at the college and probably the advice that I gave the most to to the women's team was just to believe in themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, there were so many of them that were just so super talented and they just didn't always, you know, see that, I guess. Um, and you know, that my advice is I wish you could, you could see yourself through my eyes and just see how wonderful of a person and, and a soccer player you are. And I think that one I, I gave to a lot of the women's team and the men's team just, just, you know, to, to I mean, to grind stuff out. Um, life is, is not going to be always peachy and, and, and not going to be always great, but you know, just on those bad days, you just got to put your boots on and just keep on going. Um, you just got to keep on working. So. I gave that one to a lot of the the boys, but and, and the women with most more more for a confidence boost, I guess. Sure. Well, I think I think women tend to understand that maybe a little bit better than men. I, I think so too. <laughs> They're always uh, the wiser counterparts. So it, it is in my household, at least. So. <laughs> well, good deal. Um, yeah. Any any other thoughts about uh, you know your career? Um, anything in general? Uh, kind of your last words for the for this episode. You know, one one of the the joys that I had um, as I was coaching was was my last five years. I, I got to coach both the men's team and the women's team, and it's the same sport. They play with the same ball on the same size field, but just the differences uh, between a men's team and a women's team. And they weren't always you know positive or negative, but it, it was just fun the differences between them. Um, and I, I mean, I felt at times like I had split personality, uh-huh. um, because I acted one way when I coached the men's team and a, and a different way when I coached the women's team. Um, but just the way they, they, they reacted, um, you know, I, I read some books of some coaches that had done the same and it, it was true. Um, you know, you, you'd go in for a halftime speech and you were upset and the men's team, you know, you would throw stuff and, and, you know, you'd, 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 you'd kick the ground and you'd say some mean words. And, and then they'd finally say, I think coach is mad. <laughs> And for a women's team, they catch on to that kind of stuff. You just go in and you just go, <sighs> right, yep. <laughs> and all the girls would be like, "Oh man, coach is so mad." <laughs> and and so and so they would pick up on stuff like that a lot, a lot faster. Where where where, um, something maybe a little different is is girls would take things so literal. Um, you couldn't be so literal to say, I need you to run exactly this far because they would run exactly that far. Um, so you kind of had to watch how, how you worded stuff when, when you coached the women where you could be more literal uh, when you coached the men. But yeah, it, it was just a fun experience. It was almost like a, you know, getting a new career, uh, getting a fresh start um, when I started coaching the women's team just because it, you know, it was the same, same game, same ball, like I said, same rules, but it was just almost night and day difference the way that you had to coach. Uh, to get success. I like that. Very well said. Um, well, I think, uh, I think that's going to do it for us. So All right. I uh, appreciate the time. I think we learned some really valuable lessons from, uh, you know, your story. And um, I think that we can all 
take and apply what we uh, can learn in this podcast into you know how we how we can start new things in in our lives um as you start a new chapter in yours you know um whether that be you know like we said earlier building a business building you know a relationship um really whatever uh you know there's there's those core values and principles i think that we can apply to make it an easier process and if not easier at least make it a valuable process absolutely so all right well until next time all right thanks Braden. thanks special thank you to jeff atkinson for joining me today on the podcast really enjoyed our our conversation together and and i hope that uh, you enjoyed it as well um, once again, uh, the, today's episode was made possible by Farm Bureau Financial Service agent David Stoffer. It's really because of great sponsors like David that we can continue to bring you unique content uh, on this podcast. It's also because of David why you and your family's financial future can be safeguarded from disaster. 2020 has seen a lot of these disasters already. Uh, working here in the media, you know, you see these disasters every single day. Uh, And I know from personal experience that I need protection from those unpredictable disasters. And guess what? So do you. David and his team are the best in the business from life insurance to auto insurance. David's going to take care of you. There's nothing more comforting than knowing my financial security is in good hands. And guess what? You can feel the same way. Give David a call at 307-382-2332. He's located here in Rock Springs, Wyoming, servicing our great community here in Sweetwater County. Thank you for listening to Sweetwater Now's Beyond the Game podcast. Episodes will be published periodically, so make sure to subscribe to stay up to date with the latest content. If you have an idea or suggestion for the podcast, feel free to contact us via Facebook, Instagram, or email. 